If you are someone who values your health, then you are going to love today's episode. Because if you're like me, you want your health operating at maximum capacity, which means you need to understand the root of diseases and discomfort, of tiredness, of stress, and you want to be able to take control of these things. Today's guest, Kevin Davis, can help you do exactly that. Kevin is a medical professional, and he is a health coach that helps men take control of their health. Today, Kevin is going to share his four key pillars to health and why he says that these are the keys to having a vibrant, enjoyable life. My conversation with Kevin Davis starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friend. Welcome to another episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast. This podcast is taking off and it's because of you. I want to thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching on YouTube and listening on your, wherever you're listening to right now, if you're on the treadmill or in your vehicle. And thank you for sharing. We are going to be the fastest growing podcast for men in 2023. It's because of you. So I'm excited to dive into today's conversation as one of our early episodes this year, because I know that this conversation is extremely timely because many of us have health goals for the next three months, six months, 12 months, or beyond. And I knew it was important to have a guest on who could speak to what it meant to be healthy, to feel better, to have more energy, to live the active life that you desire. And I thought it was important for you to hear from someone other than me. And so Kevin Davis is joining me today. Kevin is an expert in this area. He's a certified physician assistant who specializes in helping men in their health, working primarily with executives and entrepreneurs over the age of 40. Kevin is an expert with over 25 years experience, 15 of those, by the way, in his own clinic. And Kevin is intimately familiar with the challenges facing an aging population. His commitment to continuous education and his deep personal interest in genetics and natural medicine are a wellspring of proven methodologies that Kevin prescribes for disease prevention and anti-aging treatment and intervention. Kevin is also the author of the book, Young and Strong at 40 and Beyond, and the book, Just Tell Me What to Do When It Comes to a Ketogenic Diet. I'm excited to bring Kevin on today, dive into this conversation, share this with somebody who needs to hear it. But here is my conversation with Kevin Davis. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, brother. I'm glad to have you on today. Hi, Cam. It is uh, it is truly my honor to be on here with you to uh, address uh, something that's so dear to me as well. And I know we're both passionate about health. We're both passionate about fitness and helping men uh, really live what I would say a fit, 
healthy and fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. And when we got to touch base before this conversation, I loved what you had to say, especially to guys who are probably in the range of age where I'm at right now, you know, turning 42, Mm -hmm. kind of that midlife. And you're going to get into some of the more details as we get going. But one of the things that stuck with me is that you said that guys just don't feel good. So I'm going to give you time to chat about that in our conversation. But before we get there, Kevin, why don't you share a little bit about your story, who you are, uh, what you've experienced and what brought you to this point of being, you know, a health coach, because I know that you've had experience over 25 years of experience in the medical field and healthcare. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm very interested about how you made that transition. So why don't you tell uh, the guys who are listening about, about your story? Yeah. Uh, you know, first and foremost, what I try to let people know is, you know, I'm a follower of Christ and uh, everything that I do, it goes along with that as my basis. Uh, I've been married 32 years, have three kids, five grandkids, and uh, been in the health profession for 25 years, like you said. And, um, you know, when you're in the health profession, um, you're taught certain things while you're in school and you're taught certain ways of doing things. And then as as you get out in practice, you know, it it becomes more of an art rather than just, you know, a cookbook. And just over time, uh, I've seen people that, you know, just want to feel better and uh, they're just they weren't getting results. And then, you know, come and behold, you know, 10 years ago, it starts happening to me. Uh, you know, like you said, more energy, more, just don't feel good. And so I started taking a deeper dive and kind of like I still do the traditional medicine, still work in a clinic, uh, see patients every day. Uh, but now I've kind of transitioned into doing some of more of a deep dive into what we call like functional medicine, finding the origin of the problem instead of putting a Band-Aid on the problem. So, you know, with a combination of of my patients having those complaints and then me starting to experience them. And, you know, anytime things start happening to you personally, you, you know, you're, you're more in tune to things. So that's kind of like where I've, I've come to where I've, I've developed this online coaching program as well too. Yeah. When did you actually start to, you said, just feel different? Like you, you came to realization that you just weren't feeling how you wanted to, because I know there's lots of guys listening to this right now who, well, this is going to come out. It's in January. You know, a lot of guys will have health goals mm-hmm. this time of year or resolutions if they've made them um, because maybe they just don't feel good. Can you explain more about that? Because th- there's this like ambiguity to it where I know what you mean, because there's times where I'm like, I just don't feel good. Like I'm, I feel like I'm eating. Okay. I feel like I'm doing stuff that I need to be doing. I just don't feel good. What's going on? Yeah, you know, like when I was in my 20s, I've always been athletic, you know, all kinds of sports, you know, playing, a, growing up playing basketball, football, baseball, you know, doing everything, you know, and you, and you get out of college and you, in your 20s, um, you know, with me, started to practice and gotten busy doing things like that. And, you know, I kind of quit doing the, the uh, activities that I did before, playing basketball, things like that. And then you start in your thirties. And with me, I had a son that was growing up and, uh, wants to play basketball. You know, uh, I was coaching and, you know, you're talking about third, fourth, fifth graders, you know, it's not like you're, you're playing as high school kids, but they want you to practice with them running up and down the court. And you get to the point where you just, you think, what in the world's happened? You know, five, yeah. ten years ago, I could go out and play two or three hours 
Right. But then, you know, kids come along and you start noticing you just don't have the stamina that you had before. You don't you don't have the energy, you know, when they want to go out and play and do something and you just don't feel like it because you've worked all day. Right. But you didn't have that problem just five years ago. Then you start noticing, hey, you know, something's changing here. And, um, you know, I don't think that, you know, really God made us in our 30s to start declining in our health. So that's where the 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 moments came where I thought, well, I need to do something different. And then you combine that with what I was seeing in my clinic every day, because I see I see kids, you know, two months old and I've got 90 year old okay. in my clinic. So I see the whole spectrum. So I see people that are 10 years ahead of me and, yeah. and they come in and, and they have these same complaints, but they're a little bit more severe, you know, than than what I'm doing. Um so I started thinking, well, you know, I need to start doing something probably now to kind of get there. And then, you know, I tried out the traditional things. I mean, I don't know how many years I did. You know, I, I tried to cut my calories. I ran, um, you know, I watched my fat intake. I did all those things. And, you know, they just weren't working. You know, they just didn't get me the results. You know, even though that's what we were taught in school, you know, I, I personally, I wasn't seeing them. And then I was advising my own clients and patients to do the same thing. And they're coming back and telling me they just don't feel any, any better. So there had to be something, you know, more of a root cause problem that was causing these things. And that's kind of like what led me down that path. Yeah. And you mentioned you went down a path of a deep dive. What did that look like for you? For some guys, I know for me, a deep dive was kind of the trial and error of what works, what doesn't. And I wish I would have done the deep dive that you did because I, I heard your deep, what your deep dive look like because you're really research based. So what did your deep dive look like when you tried to figure out what was going on? Well, it, it kind of started with trying to prove my wife wrong. <laughs> so anybody, if this is a dad's podcast, so yeah. they know, don't, don't we go all down know. that road. Don't go down that road. <laughs> but the first thing is, you know, uh, before I was kind of started, my wife wanted to do a ketogenic diet. Okay. All right. I just told you I was doing low fat, watch my calories and doing all this stuff. And here she says, Hey, I've come across this ketogenic diet, you know, mm-hmm. where you eat more fat. I thought, no, you can't do that. You're not, you're not going to be healthy. You know, you worry about heart disease. You do all these types of things. So I started my research to kind of prove her, say, this is not what we want to do. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the years, probably five or six years ago. Uh, so two months I took time to do some research to figure out okay what's going on here you know what well, i need to tell her this is why it's wrong and then you're talking about research you know the things that i do i just don't haphazardly tell people things you know i want to make sure that you know i get it from different sources uh because what's the agenda behind some people some people publish articles because they're selling something or they get mm-hmm. paid to do something so right. you know i just don't go for one one article and say this is what i want to do so it took me a couple months and then uh, it, it was actually our, our anniversary is on June 9th. Okay. So I came home and I said, we're getting ready to go out for our weekend, you know, anniversary trip. I said, look, we need to do this huge diet. And she goes, this weekend, you need to do this. We need to do this. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're planning on going out just like everybody else. You know, you have desserts, you have appetizers, you do all these things. And I said, yeah, we're starting. So that's the day we started. And okay. that was my deep dive. And, from that, that was just a springboard into so many other things. Like right mm-hmm. now, 
I still do ketogenic some, but I don't do it all the time. And I don't yeah. recommend that for each and every person because once I started taking a deeper diet, there's some people who don't need to do a ketogenic diet. Uh, yeah. If you do some genetic testing and they have some genetic markers, they don't need to do a ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why it's kind of like it just led me from turning over one stone versus an, and turning over another stone and just in looking at the whole picture of, of a person and trying to figure out what's best for that person. So that's kind of like where the springboard that got me where I'm at. And it's just, it's involved now until hormones into um, different aspects as well too. Yeah. I love that. You know, there's going to be guys listening to this, Kevin, who are like, Oh no, Kevin's talking about a ketogenic diet. Cam doesn't like that, you know, cause yeah. in fight the dad bod, uh, everything that I I've worked with guys around is through blood sugar stabilization, mm-hmm. like PFC every three. And, and my argument against the ketogenic diet wasn't that I didn't, I didn't say it didn't work. I said, it just didn't work for everyone. Right. And, and most of the men who come to me based on kind of where they're headed and what their goals were and what their lifestyle looked like, you know, setting somebody up say, yeah, you just need to dive into a ketogenic diet is setting them up for failure. Mm -hmm. But I love what you say is you do the deep dive. Like if you have genetic markers that say this about you, then this isn't a fit. Or Mm -hmm. if you have this, you know, family history, medical history, then this isn't a fit. And it's actually based on research, based on science and not some Instagram guru who says, get shredded in 30 days doing keto. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, and, you know, if, if, if people are interested in, in a ketogenic diet and heart disease, mm-hmm. uh, they can jump over on my um, podcast. I did a podcast with Dr. Brett Shear. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know him, uh, but he's from dietdoctor.com. It's the world le- leading uh, ketogenic base, but we talk about those things. We talk about the genetic markers, about who shouldn't do it, who should. So that's a that's a very good uh, podcast to listen to. Uh, he's an authority, and he's uh, uh, somebody who um, does this. He's actually a cardiologist, and um, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's a podcast that I think I, I refer to a lot because it's not my words; it's coming from someone who's a cardiologist. So yeah, yeah that's an interesting conversation to have. Excellent. You know, staying in line with that medical field, you know, you've mentioned people would come into the clinic and they want to feel better. But I also know in my experience and talking with people who want to feel better, it's not, they don't always necessarily want to do the work to feel better, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. So they come in and what are they looking for? Yeah. They're looking for easy access to get there, like a pill. Yeah. Give me the uh, pill. Yeah, just all they need. You know, I've had so many people come in with diabetes. You, you mm-hmm. mentioned that before. Is uh, you know, I tell them everything you know that uh, they need to know about, it. and uh, you know, they just want a pill. They just want the the pill to take care of them. And uh, that's kind of like one of the things that kind of got me into the online coaching. Mm-hmm. Is you know, when someone is paying for their services, they're going to do what you tell them to do. Right. Uh, the same things I do with my online. Uh, coaching clients I do for my patients it's not like I, I hide things from them I do the same thing it's just most of the time they're just not interested in it. they're not interested in doing the work and making the changes on the flip side I've had some clients or some patients in my clinic who you know have actually taken advice from the same you know thing that I tell everybody else 
and they made remarkable strides. You know, their A1C goes down. You talk about, you know, insulin resistance and things like that. I mean, you just see those markers go down and, you know, they're doing the right thing. So, you know, that's that's something that uh, I wish everybody would do. And it's not just for diabetes. It's, you know, you talk about heart disease, uh, hypertension, Alzheimer's. There's all kinds of things that can be, be prevented. And that's one of the things I started transitioning into. It's not necessarily, you know, weight loss, mm-hmm. uh, even though that's why people come to me and yeah. people come to me because they don't have energy. Yeah. But one of the things that I try to do is when I, when someone gets done coaching with me, they understand their health. They mm-hmm. understand why are we making these changes? And with me, everything that I do is with longevity in mind. Um, actually, I just did a short today on YouTube. And uh, I was reading in Job, um, Job 14.5. I wrote it down. Sorry about that. 14.5, <laughs> you know, our days are numbered. Mm-hmm. It tells us in Job 14.5, our days are numbered. And, and I truly believe that. There's nothing we can do. You know, everybody wants to live to be 200 and things like that. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think our days are numbered by God. But the days that we do have, I truly believe we can make a difference in our lifestyle. So I, you know, uh, and again, it goes back to my Christian aspect is like, I try to base things on, on, on Bible. If you, if we just listen to the Bible, there's so many things that's in there that helps us. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, as far as like, um, the things that I want to do with help people is, you know, underlying insulin resistance, you know, they're talking about, you know, if you have underlying insulin resistance, they're calling it, uh, diabetes type three for Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of things that we can correct. And you're in your 40s now. And this is the people I really want to kind of like focus on the 30s and 40s and 50s is if we can start making some changes now, you can really avoid some of these chronic long-term problems. So I always want to treat the here and now because if you just try to treat somebody for 10 years or 20 years from now, you're going to lose them. Right. You know, if you can give them results. But the thing about it is, is you can get both results with the same plan. Yeah. So once they get done coaching with me, they come to me for weight loss and lack of energy, but then they understand, okay, these are the things that's going to help me prevent from the things that like my dad or my uncle or grandpa had, you know, when they're in sixties and seventies. Yeah, that's excellent. You mentioned that you, you know, tie it into some biblical principles, which I haven't, I haven't seen that from a nutrition and health coach mm-hmm. before you have four pillars of health. And one of your pillars is maybe one that people would not expect when talking about their four pillars of health. You know, if they come to you for longevity, they come to you for weight loss and you're like, okay, here are my four pillars. One of them stands out to be like, oh, that's a little odd. So why don't you share your four pillars and how you came to, yeah, really those four keystones in, in your health coach. Yeah, uh, there, there's a diet, exercise, sleep, and prayer. Yeah. And I think you have to have all four. It's kind of like a chair. If you don't have four good legs, you may have three strong ones. But if you don't have that fourth one, it's not going to work. Right. And obviously, I think that the ones that are most obvious is your diet and exercise. Everybody talks about those. And again, it's not a ketogenic diet. It's what's right. It's best for you. And even with the exercise program. You know, I have so many people that want to uh, just walk as far as exercise. But if you look at studies, if you're not building muscle mass as you get older, you're going to lose it and your health is going to decline. Your risk of dying is going to actually decline, even with your grip strength or doing hanging on a bar, not doing actual pull up, but just hanging. So th- there are some things that uh, that, you know, it's better to go walk and sit on the couch, of course, but you can get more bang for your buck for other things. Uh, sleep. It's amazing. 
sleep is something that just people do not understand. And, and I'm probably more guilty of this one than any other ones is you try to rob um, from sleep to, to make up for things like yes. get up early to work out or get yeah. up early and do some you know work that you need to do on the computer or, you know, whatever it may be. But the things that are happening when you're sleeping, the hormone repair, growth hormone, uh, testosterone, uh, there's so many things that's happening. And if you're not getting that sleep, then you're not going to get results. Now, how much uh, sleep, how much sleep should I, should somebody get? So I'm, I'm a f- almost 42, a couple of weeks away, you know, 42 year old guy with two kids and a wife who wants me to do my things. And I have mm-hmm. online businesses and a full-time job, all this, how much sleep should a guy get? Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dad's making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. I mean, there's numbers out there and we can yeah. go over those. But the first question I'd ask you, Cam, is are you tired when you wake up? Yeah, I love that. You question. have to have an alarm. Yeah. And, and if you say yes, then you're not getting enough sleep. Right. It's as easy as that. Uh, now, if you want to get into studies and things like that, as far as that, you're talking about seven to eight hours is, is probably the time. But, you know, it's different for everybody, you know, but if you're waking up with alarm, if you're hitting it a couple of times, uh, if you're waking up really tired and you're not, you know, rest, you don't feel rested, then you're, then you're not getting enough sleep. That's right. I struggled with this personally a little bit throughout this year. I had to shift my workouts from the evenings to the mornings, which meant, you know, 5 a.m. I'm in the pool or in the gym or doing something. And there is a lot of mornings, Kevin, I have to admit, I was getting into that pool and that, you know, 20 minutes after I got out of bed, I finally woke up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, and then it was just like, you know what, why am I staying up late at night if I'm getting up early morning? And I just push that bedtime back earlier. So my kids go to bed. I spend some time with my wife. I do some devotional reading and I went to bed and I got, to, I'm going to bed at eight 39 o'clock and I'm thinking, oh man, I'm old, but I'm also getting up at four 30. So, you know, and it worked and I was getting up with no alarm, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. 435, boom, my eyes are open. I'm like, okay, time to go. Yeah, so, I do the same thing. Uh, yeah. I used to be someone who was the opposite. I'd be up to 11 or 12. And yeah. then if I had to get up and be at work at 830 and I knew I could get up at 750, take a shower because <laughs> I only live a mile from my clinic. Yeah. I get up at 750. Now I'm up at 435 every day, just like yourself. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I get some feedback from my wife, <laughs> especially during the summer. Yeah. When it's still light outside. Yes. And I'm going to bed. Yeah, I'm tired though. It's like you know, I don't have any problem going to sleep. I I go to sleep, and yeah. it's one of those things when you're talking about the four pillars as far as like you know the interaction between all those. We can talk about the prayer, especially in just a second. 
but the four pillars it's like this is this is how they're all connected you know mm-hmm. you can't just do you know a couple of these and get by with it they have to include all these things that's right i was gonna ask you how are they all interconnected and especially you know okay sleep diet exercise those those three things i think everybody would expect those but when you said prayer as your fourth pillar i was like interesting so tell me more about that tell us more about how that's involved in, as a pillar and how that's interconnected with the other three right so when we talk about prayer you know it, it it's it's a combination of of taking time to just to pray and it's time to, even during the daytime to doing just some deep breathing uh so uh, that helps but the easiest way to explain this is the way your body works all right most of the people I coach, and I've seen from just talking with you a little bit, is you're in this category, is you're on the go all the time. Mm. It's like you hit the you hit the gas pedal. Your gas pedal is going all the time. And I want you to think about driving a car, okay? There's a time you push on the gas, and there's a time you put on the brake, right? When you push on the gas, it's called your sympathetic nervous system. Let me back up a little bit. There's a there's a broader system. It's called your autonomic nervous system. Yeah. On one side, you got your sympathetic, which is the gas pedal, and you on the left side, you got your brake, which is a parasympathetic, which is the rest and relaxation. So the the sympathetic is get up and go. The parasympathetic, the brake, is your is your rest and relaxation. Mm-hmm. So if you're driving a car, there's a time you push on the gas. There's a time you push on the brake. But how many times do you push on the gas and the brake? you know, at the same time. And how much do you Don't. not push on either one of them? So that's the way you need to think about the 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 prayer and the way God made us. We need to be in both of those. Mm-hmm. You know, pushing on gas on the go is not a bad thing. You have to push on the gas to go somewhere. And we have to do things in life to get to where we want to go. But there's also times for prayer. And if you think about when God tells us to, you know, for our Sabbath, which is typically mm-hmm. Sunday for me, you know, there's a reason he did that. You know, he he did it himself. He rested on the seventh day. Now, if God's going to rest on the seventh day, then we have to think, okay, there's something with that as well, too. We have to be able to rest our bodies as well. We can't be mm-hmm. on the go. So that's the easiest way is for thinking about it. If you're pressing on that gas all the time, then you start talking about the, the, the physiological things that are happening is you're releasing cortisol. Mm-hmm. All right. What happens when you release cortisol? It's the same thing if you're not sleeping at night time, if you have sleep apnea and things. You release cortisol. What's going to happen is your body's going to release glucose. It yeah. does, it just does. You, you you know so you're not anything special. It's going to happen to you just like it's going to happen to me. So when you release the the, the glucose, what's going to happen after that is your body's going to release insulin to take care of the glucose. Now that's all good, just like everything in balance in nature is good. But when you're doing it too much and you're yeah. producing too much insulin. Insulin is really, in my in my thought process, and there's a lot of people who are doing this as well too. Insulin is like the chronic is, is the driver for a chronic disease, like insulin resistance, hmm. which is a precursor to diabetes. Yeah. But it's not just that. We I mentioned earlier Alzheimer's. You know, having diabetes is diabetes type three. They think it's Alzheimer's, and it all has to do with the insulin and inflammation that's happening in your body. So, if you're trying to get by and you're on the go all the time, and you're not taking time to relax, you're fighting uphill battle. You're not yeah. going to be able to get the results that you want to get. You may get them temporarily, yeah. but if you're just in it to lose 20 pounds, but not to live longer, healthier, why God has you here on earth, what's the purpose of it? 
Right. But if we can incorporate the 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 rest and the prayer aspect in it as well too, then you know you're going to help your body now because you're not producing too much insulin. Yeah. And you're going to help your body later on because you're, that's when the chronic uh, drivers of chronic disease. Yeah. So it's 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 both ways. Can I ask you a question? You know, there's guys who listen to this, and I've had feedback. I'm very open about my faith and how mm-hmm. you know prayer and and that plays such a big part in how my personal health has transformed in the last year. Uh, a year ago, this time I was. What are we? We're we're recording this. It's like Jan- beginning of January. A year ago, this time I was a couple of weeks away from my doctor putting me out on a medical leave that I wasn't aware of. You know, like really? I was going through a lot of things in my body that I didn't know why it was happening. And then when I was off on medical leave, and my doctor didn't give me an option, and I was torn out of the go 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 that I was so used to. I had to rely on prayer. I had to mm-hmm. rely on that ability to slow down to take hit the brakes, like you said. It's amazing how much that transformed my mental health, my physical mm-hmm. health, my emotional health, my relational health, my wife, like all of that. But I get feedback on your guys like, okay, Cam, yeah, they're not, maybe they're not a Christian guy. And like you're mm-hmm. talking, you know, Kevin's talking about the fourth pillar of prayer. I still think it's important for you guys. Like I still think whether that's that's rest, that's meditation, that's my, like guys will talk about mindfulness, meditation, and mm-hmm. well, meditation to me is prayer it may look like something for somebody else would you for those guys who are like i'm not really bought into the christianity prayer thing right now which i hope they do mm-hmm. the more they listen to this uh what would you say is it the same as like, like it's just that just calming taking time what does that look like yeah i mean you could do that um you know one thing that i do and, and i, I I do it so often now, it becomes automatic, especially when I was wearing masks. When we had to wear masks oh. and, and people didn't know. Yeah. Like, if I feel my shoulders rising, like, I'm, I feel like I'm getting tense. Mm. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes in a clinic, you're busy or you're at work or doing whatever you're doing, you, you start feeling that. And once you start recognizing that, if you just take a minute of breathing in through your nose for four seconds, mm. holding it for four seconds. Yeah. Breathing out for four seconds, holding it for four seconds, and then repeat that for one to two minutes, you're going to feel there's a calmness about you. Yeah. I call so, that box breathing. I yeah, do that with my so, daughter when she gets worked up. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it works. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it, again, there's so much evidence, I think, from a Christian standpoint as far as your body. Yeah. But, like, even like when you're eating, when you say prayer before you eat. Yeah. Now, you can't just say a a quick prayer and you're done. All right, but I'm talking about where you actually are thinking about in 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 your rest. You know what happens with your stomach is your your body's able to produce more digestive enzymes. Hmm. If you're in a rest and relax motion, a relaxation mode, your body can produce more digestive enzymes. It's going to allow your body to digest food. It's why they tell you not to swim after you eat. Hmm. Is because you know, if you're if you're not being able to um, digest your food and your and your blood's going to other places for your muscles for swimming, there's a reason behind that. But like, if you truly are are, are taking the time before you pray, you're going to digest your food better. Hmm. You know, so huh. there, there's another, there's so many things that that's out there that if you just listen, okay, why do we have to pray before we eat? You know, yep. obviously that's not the reason we're doing it. Yeah, yeah, but. But that's a physiological reason is you're entering in in a rested state and yeah. your body's going to perform its functions better. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, I mean, to me, I think 
God made this. He knows what's going on. We're just now figuring things out. Yeah. And if we have a conversation in five years from now, there's probably going to be other things that that we we quote discovered. Yeah. But they've been there all along. Yeah. Incredible. So. Cool. Uh, Kevin, you have a book. It's called Young and Strong at 40 and Beyond. Tell mm-hmm. us about your book. It came out last year. It's been out since January 2022. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, who's that book for? The title kind of gives it away. But who's yeah. that book for? Who's it not for? And what are some of the big ideas that you cover in there? Well, what I wanted to do is like the conversation we just had now is yeah. is kind of like just basically tell people these are the things that we need to do. It starts off with the four pillars of health. Mm-hmm. So if, if someone is looking to improve their health, if they're looking to, you know, get a, a um, start on some uh, things that they can do uh, now, that's where we start with with the book is, you know, the four pillars of health as far as, you know, with the things we just discussed. And then the the other thing that I wanted to go into is, you know, I know a lot of people are busy and they don't want to read a whole book. And I understand that because I'm the same way with some books. I wanted to divide it up into chapters. Mm -hmm. You know, some people may be interested about insulin resistance and diabetes. Some people may be interested in sexual health. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I wanted to divide the chapters up into different sections so that, you know, they could just go to and read whatever they wanted to read. Mm. And, but it all, it's, it's all based on the four pillars of health. Uh, again, you know, and not everybody is going to um, be the, doing the same thing. You know, and I coach mostly guys. I coach some women. It's, I don't really market to women. Usually the women that I usually coach are the wives of wives the, the guys. guys. Yeah, yeah. That's usually how I get them. It's amazing that they start seeing transformation there. So they want to get in on the action as well. But it's for people who really want to make a change. It kind of gives you a basic, uh, we don't go into the great detail about different things, but kind of like a basic overlay of, of, of who I am and what I do. Because mm-hmm. when people say health coach, yeah, they typically think, you know, we just do like, okay, here's a diet, here's exercise plan. Right. I'll talk to you next week. And, and, you know, we do do those things as well too. But I give the option of my clients to go more in depth. Uh, you know, like I just had a client uh, this past fall who had trouble losing weight mm-hmm. and find out he's diabetic. He didn't have any symptoms of diabetes. Yeah. But in his doctors, actually, he took his labs to his doctor and uh, he said, well, I never would have done all these tests. That was, a, that was his words from his doctor. But yeah. we just do these tests to kind of uncover things. So with the book, it kind of gives you an idea as far as like if you're having some of these symptoms, these are maybe some of the reasons and you probably need to go in more in depth, either with me or with your doctor, whoever it may be. Yeah. Can you talk to, I know you haven't mentioned this on this, on this interview, but I know you do genetic testing, right? Like mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. Talk to the importance of that because sometimes, um, that seems like an extra almost mm-hmm. somebody will work with someone like I will work with someone to help them get to a certain point. Often it's a guy will come in who wants to lose weight. And my goal mm-hmm. is that like you is to teach them how to make this a lifestyle where they're living mm-hmm. a healthier life. Um, but part of it is taking that next step and saying, this is how your body is actually working. Uh, when did you start yeah. really relying on and diving into more of the genetic testing side of it? Well, uh, unfortunately, that program is no longer available with that, mm-hmm. with the services I was using. Okay. But I, t- I took, uh, not last year, year before, I took a year long uh, course in genetics. 
and uh, I learned so much about genetics. I still have that information, still know about the genetics and what, which ones to look for and what it does. Right. But the actual report that I was able to, to provide people, uh, yeah. it's just not available anymore because they've kind of like um, narrowed down what, what we can and can't do in that area mm, of okay. medicine. Yeah. But there are some certain genetic testing that you can do on like 23andMe yeah. uh, and things like that. Once I get those results, then we can we can see uh, as far as like diets, there's something called your ApoB, uh, which is a very important um, um, genetic marker. No, I'm sorry, ApoE. Um, it's a genetic marker. And uh, that's the one we talked about, the ketogenic diet, for instance. Mm-hmm. It, uh, if you're a certain number, there's a two, three, and a four, and you get one number from each parent. So you're either two, two, three, three, or two, three, and there's a four. Yeah. So it gets a little complicated. But depending on which number you are is going to determine what I'm going to recommend as far as the diet. Mm. Uh, there's things like your FTO that tells you, uh, you know, as far as your, your fat burning, like if you're able to burn fat more than carbs. Yeah. So once you start getting these genetic markers in, now there's there's thousands of genetic markers. So we don't look at each and every one of them. We look at the ones that you know are associated with the things that we're looking for. Yeah. But uh, if we can identify some of these things, then we can kind of give you a better idea as far as like you know what is is the best diet for you. So I think genetics, even though I don't have that program anymore, uh, I, I I can do genetic testing or someone can, and mm-hmm. we can go to their genetic testing report, and then that will that will help determine as far as like what we recommend. Yeah. Excellent. Kevin, I appreciate you jumping on today. This has been super insightful. I know the guys who are listening to this right now are getting a ton of value and information and they're probably going to re-listen to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know I am. I've loved this conversation. I love talking about nutrition and health and helping men live healthier uh, with their families. For you right now, we're start of a new year. What is one area of growth as either a father, a husband, or professional that you're excited about right now? Well, the growth of my of my online businesses is always there. You know, I'm always working on that, uh, getting ready to start a YouTube uh, uh, channel and things like that. But more on a personal is, um, you know, with uh, with my kids. Um, you know, my kids are twenties uh, and thirties now. So um, my goal was always to have a clinic that I can just pass off to them. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years ago, uh, I was getting ready to buy a clinic and, uh, and then, you know, transition into so everybody can work with us. And then another company coming a week before I was supposed to sign the papers and uh, gave us a deal as far as like buying out our clinic and um, hiring my kids. So fast forward to now. Um, I've been working for them about a year and a half. Nothing's really changed. Same office building, same patients. So I just, I do the same thing. I just don't have to worry about the headache of insurances and things like that. Um, and, and the great thing about it is, is, is in the next six months, my, my daughter just passed her nurse practitioner exam. So in, in February of 2023, she's going to be working with me. My son is in his last year of residency. He's a doc. He'll be start working with me in July. Uh, and then my son-in-law is getting ready to graduate from dental school in May. And they're the people that I'm working with is actually building him an office and going to employ him. That's excellent. So I'm going to have my, my son, my daughter, and my son-in-law all together. And, and one of the things that I would, you know, like you, your kids are younger. I'm, yeah. 
So, you know, people ask me, they, they say, well, you must be so proud. And I am. I mean, men and wife are so proud of them. You know, as far as the the work ethic, we knew what it took to get there. You know, uh, we understand it's not just the, an easy road to get to where they're going because, you know, I've been there as well, too. But, you know, the thing about it is, is they want to come back and yeah. they don't mind working with me. Yeah. And one of the things as your kids get older, and this is just some old man telling them some advice to maybe you younger guys are getting ready to go through this, is once they, we always had the um, goal of when they were young, I'm talking about two and three, is raise them to leave. <laughs> we want them to, we want them to leave and be able to stand on their own two feet and, yeah. and do the things that they want to do and not just depend on us. We still help them. And, you know, obviously if they need something, we're going to be there for them, but we want them to stand on their own two feet. So when they got out and they got married, they all got married in their early twenties and things like that. You know, we didn't, we didn't get in their lives. If there was something obvious I need to talk about that, they would, but there's so many things I looked, I just stood by, let them make their own mistakes, make them understand and now the, the the awesome thing, this is the most awesome thing, is when they come to you in their 20s and 30s and they start asking you for advice unsolicited, you know, they, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going to them and telling them, they're coming to me asking for advice. And, you, and it's a different relationship. And now I've got grandkids, I've got five. And, you know, that's the same thing. We want to be able to have that relationship with them to where, you know, they want to come to us and, and those type of things. So I think it's important as parents and I think it's important as dads to be leaders of the family, to step back and just not and know when to step in and when not to step in and let the kids grow. It's OK for kids to make mistakes. It's OK for them to screw up. We all did that growing up yeah. and you learn from those things. But the, I think the thing is, you have to have that that goal of that, having that ultimate relationship, having a relationship with them. Uh, as they get older, and um, you know, I th I just think that's just so important. So, it, it, it um, on my end, right where I'm at now, it's awesome. So that. that's my growth. Is now my grandkids is the same way. I want to be able to speak into their lives. You know, I want them to, and I say speak into their lives. I'm going on a rant here. I'm sorry, but I will. I want to be able to speak in their lives and then listen to us. Mm. If I don't have a relationship with them, uh, they don't they're not going to listen to me. So, um, you know, having that relationship allows you to speak in through the lives. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. I, this is why I like asking guys that question because we just learned a lot about you and learn. And you, and from learning about you, you spoke into us and now I'm thinking about my 10 and eight year old <laughs> where yeah. I want them to be. So no, thank yeah. you for sharing. Uh, Kevin, if somebody wants to find you, connect with you, learn more about you, where can they do that? Uh, probably the easiest place is called kevindavishealth.com. That's my website. Um, I'm updating that, putting on the YouTube station now. Um, you know, I have a podcast called Four Pillars of Health. So if, if you connect me with the Four Pillars of Health, all you have to do is type that in. And that's on my website as well, too. Uh, I'd be more than happy to have conversations with people. Um, you know, just because someone connects with me doesn't mean I know they're going to be my clients. But, you know, in an hour long conversation, you know, sometimes I can give some value in uh, just direction. Uh, so there's so many things that, that in an hour long conversation I can find out from somebody and they can start making some changes. So if they want to reach out, have a conversation, I'd love to have that with them. Excellent. Kevin, thank you for being here. Appreciate you, brother. Happy New Year to you and your family. And yeah, wishing you all the best in 2023. All right. I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. 
Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review, and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD podcast.